Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, as always, Jim Barron. Today is the 22nd of April. Lots to get to. Nothing more important than the Lightning game tonight. We're going to break down that series with the Maple Leafs. The Rays are still on a roll. And we're going to talk about some NBA playoff basketball. JimmyBSports.com. Shoot me an email. We'll get it on the show. We'll be right back to kick it off on Power 90.1. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-291-2865-800-291-2865-800-291-2865 That's 800-291-2865 Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Lightning fans, did you catch your breath yet from the first two games? I'll tell you what, the Lightning forgot all about their difficult month of March and they opened up their postseason with a great game on Tuesday night with the rout of the Maple Leafs, 7-3 to three, up there in Toronto. Now Kucherov, Perry each had a goal and two assists. Sorelli, Colton finished with a goal and assist. Pierre Bellamar also scored for the Lightning. So it was a uh, great way to play in April. Like I mentioned, March was a little bit tough. Tough way to end the season. There was some doubt among even the most loyal of Lightning fans about what was going on. But it's, it's playoff time. And when you have Vasilevsky in his 100th playoff start, what does that say about the experience that he has? So he made 28 stops. 28 saves in that playoff game, the first one where he won 7-3. They had a plan. Well, you know, when you have a plan, sometimes it works. Or if you're like Mike Tyson, he says, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face and then the plan changes. That that could be said for game two on Thursday night when the roles were totally reversed and... Toronto did what they had to do, and they came away with a 7-2 victory to even up the series. So a lot to be talked about as far as what happened, how it happened, what's going to happen, who's playing, who's not. Um, Let's break it down from the first game. No one really thought that if we were able to go up there and win the first game and have a chance at winning the second game, that... No one expected that. It didn't happen. We were lucky to be able to win one game up there. We stole the first one. So we're playing with house money in the second game, basically. Now, we all know that Hedman is injured. We're going to be talking about a few more injuries. But for right now, now Hedman did not play in game two because of an undisclosed injury that happened in game one. He came off the ice and he didn't return. So when the score is... You know, six to one, you really don't need Victor Hedman to come back to play in that game, game one I'm talking about. Um, as we talk more about game one, there are a couple of, couple of penalties 
I'm going to talk about the hit that now Eric Cernak took from Michael Bunting. Uh, the Toronto winger was also suspended for three games because of that. It was a very cheap hit. You can't hit somebody in the head like that. Hockey's a physical sport, no doubt. It always will be. It always has been. But you don't elbow someone in the head like that. And that's what happened to Cernak. So he fell backward on the ice and no, he had to go to the locker room and, and he was out the rest of that game. And we'll talk about game two as well where he did not play. So... We beat the Leafs uh, in seven games last year. And basically, since that time, Toronto was being told that they play soft. They're not physical enough. They don't have what it takes to beat a physical team like the Lightning. So all those things played into the offseason. They picked up some players. They did what they had to do. Um, they had more points this year than the Lightning did. So they have the home ice advantage. That's why the first two games were up there. So saying all that, we start the series, and what happens? They get blown out on their home ice, 7-3. to So for 48 hours, the Maple Leafs players have to listen to the fans and all the media and all the talk shows pretty much ripping them about same thing as always, being soft, can't win the first round of a playoff game, yada, 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 keeps on going on. So we knew coming into the second game that it was going to be a different story. We knew that the, the Maple Leafs had to go out there, play with a lot of intensity. They had to go out there and they had to be able to get a victory because if they come back to Tampa down two games to none, you could pretty much see the writing on the wall in that situation. And, you know, that was it. And basically they did. They came out and they played great. And I'll tell you what, I don't think it really mattered who the Maple Leafs were going to play on Thursday night. They were going to win that game. They came out, they, they scored, they got a turnover, they got a power play, a goal, all within the first 45 seconds of the first period. No, you do that. The, the building's going berserk. The, no, the fans are obviously crazy. So, like I said, they were, they were going to win that game no matter what. And I think that, you know, with the series being one-to-one, -one, people say to me, you know, what does that mean for the Lightning coming back here being tied in the series? Do the, Who has the momentum? Well, you know, who had the momentum a week and a half ago, the way the Lightning were playing. Not them, certainly. So then you go up to Toronto, win the first game. You get the momentum back, right? Great. Now you go into the second game. You get blown out almost in a mirror type of game from one to two. We blew them out. They blew us out. So who has the momentum now? Well, you can say we feel good about ourselves winning the first game and doing what we had to do to be able to take one of the first two and get home ice. But after that second game, do you think they feel they still have the momentum? This team is a very veteran team. You can go down the line, whether you want to go with Stamkos or Kucherov or 
um, Corey Perry, Vasilevsky, all those guys, they know what it takes to win. They know it's going to be a grueling seven-game series. The, the key component right now that concerns myself as well as many Lightning fans out there are the injuries. Now, you had an injury to... Cernak, which we talked about, and we have an injury to Hedman, which we mentioned. These two guys need to go out there and be able to play for us. Now, let me say this. With Hedman, he is someone that goes out there and he'll put on 15 minutes or so and, and he plays, he does what he has to do. When you're a defenseman, he makes it difficult for the other team to try to follow their game plan. Now, with him not there, and again, trying to find out what the extent of the injury is, uh, good luck. There's no information available, especially come NHL playoff time on these um, players' injuries, whether it's an upper body injury, a lower body injury, whatever. You just don't know. So it's all speculation right now. What I'm hearing is that if the Lightning needed Hedman to play in a must-win situation, he would be able to go out there and, and, and you know lace up the skates and play. Cernak now is a different story. He may be in concussion protocol. If he is in concussion protocol, then that's a whole different story because according to the, the bylaws, you need to wait seven days to be able to get cleared to go out there and play. Not many people are talking about this because they're not saying he is in concussion protocol for that very reason. If he is, that would, by my calculations, not make him available until game five. So without Cernak and without Hedman in the lineup, it puts a lot of pressure on some of the other players like Bogosian. You know, you see Tanner out there playing well, but, you know, it really is going to make a difference in the outcome of some of these games. So let's break it down. What happened between game one and game two? I'll tell you this. In my opinion, the NHL Stanley Cup winner is the team that's going to be able to manage their emotions better than everyone else that they're playing. Now, how do you handle your emotions? So you win a game seven to three. All right. Well, you know, great game. No, forget about it. Let's move on to the next one. We lose the game 7-2. All right, we didn't play our best. And, and really, they didn't play well at all. I think they played good in the first 10 minutes of the game, to be honest. I saw them do a lot of things that um, that looked pretty good. However, it was going to be Toronto's night to win. So momentum goes game to game. And, you know, it, it, we'll talk, if you don't believe me by it, well, that one, the Bruins who now maybe fighting the president's trophy curse, lost game two uncharacteristically. So who has the momentum in that series? The Bruins with all their games won this year in points or the Florida Panthers after that winning game two? So momentum goes game to game and, and that's the point I'm trying to get across. So the first series is the hardest one to win 
And the difference that I saw were a couple of things. If you want to break down the difference in the games, here's what I'm going to say. I'm glad that Hedman did not play in game two because it, it, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference. Like I said, I think the Maple Leafs were going to win that game no matter who they played or who played for us. So they came back with a really big effort and they were locked in into the details, which was the polar opposite of what Toronto did in the first game. So basically, we didn't follow our game plan or else we tried to and got punched in the mouth and wasn't able to. So it goes back to a series of managing the emotions. That's something that Stamco says and uh, kind of sticks with me because I think that's something that the team needs to do. This veteran team is going to build momentum in different ways. Now, after the first two games of 7-2, 7-3, I really expect the next several games to be lower-scoring affairs. You're going to see the scores. They're going to start to tighten up right now. Uh, you're going to see more emphasis on players picking their spots. You're going to see less penalties. You know, when you have Tadon Janot out there, he may not go after someone like he would typically because he doesn't want to get in the penalty box and give Toronto that advantage. You really don't want to give the Maple Leafs that power play advantage. We didn't do very well in our power play. We didn't convert any power play goals in game two. I saw us losing a lot of face-offs in game two. Our coverage was not that good in game two. And basically, overall, what I saw was the puck management being very poor. And that's basically what happened. Vasilevsky, it wasn't his best game. wasn't his finest hour. We've seen a lot better efforts out of him. But you know what? He, he asked Cooper after the game, did you think about taking him out? And Cooper says, yeah, actually, I did. And uh, mentioned it. And there's no way that Vasilevsky was going to come out in that situation. He wanted to stay in the game. So you're down 6-1 to one after the second period and your goalie wants to stay in, that's the kind of player that he is. That's that's He wants to go in there and keep on competing. He doesn't want to be taken out of the game in that situation. And he takes those losses very personally. That's what makes him the best goalie on the planet, in my opinion. Yeah, Samsonov, he came back with a good game in game two. But... If you look at what that team that they have, they got some very strong players, very good players on that team. Hey, they're favored to win the series. So, of course, they're a very good team. Now, can we win this series without Hedman and Cernak being in the lineup? That I'm not sure of, to be honest with you. I, I do think that we need both of those guys to definitely advance in the playoffs and let alone win the first series. Like I said, the first one is very hard to win sometimes. So what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to take away time and space. Like I said, build momentum in different ways. Manage those emotions. That's something that the Bolts are going to have to do. Saying all that, you know, we did take the first game up there and I think that Hedman will come back. I do think that he'll play, possibly play tonight in Game 3. I do not see Cernak playing tonight. Um, like I said, if in case, if in fact it is something related to a concussion injury, then his hands, as well as the team's hands, are tied a little bit as far as when he'll be able 
to come back. But again, you need you need the, the forwards skating back to help to help out with. Now you didn't see that in game two. Um, whether we want to say lack of effort, I'm not sure is lack of effort. I just think that it was one of those games where um, we didn't play our best and they did. So overall, if we go out there and play the way that we know how to. I look for a strong game out of Vasilevsky in, in the net tonight. I think we're going to you know, tie down um, some of their offensive players. You know, Matthews, Nylander, no, he's an offensive uh, juggernaut out there. I look for us to set the stage early, set the tone, and go out there and come away with a victory here in Game 3. Your thoughts? 877-448-7901. Or you can go to sports at power901.com and shoot me an email. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. Pickleball, the fastest growing sport in America. Do you play? Are you looking to transform your game? Well, now it's easier and more fun than ever to take your game to the next level. Introducing the Ernie, the most advanced pickleball training machine in the world. Ernie holds an industry-leading 150 pickleballs, shoots from 10 miles per hour for dinking drills all the way to an amazing 65 miles per hour to work on handling those drives. Ernie is controlled by your smartphone, has 24 pre-programmed drills, and you can even customize your own drill shot sequences. The future of pickleball training is here, and the Ernie team will be hosting demos on this groundbreaking machine all over the state of Florida through the month of April. Want to test it out? Go to ErniePickleballMachine.com for more information. That's www.erne-pickleballmachine.com. And give them a shout to check out this game-changing machine in person. Train, win, repeat with Ernie. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, Rays fans, or should I say the 16-3 and Rays fans heading into the weekend here hosting the White Sox. What a great season so far. As you know, we got off to a quick start and seven and three in the last 10 games. Look at what we've done from a run scored perspective. The Rays have scored 133 runs going into the weekend here against Chicago. The next closest team anywhere in baseball would be the Cubs at 114 runs scored. That's a pretty amazing stat so far. And even more amazing is that runs against, all right, the Rays have only given up 50, 5-0 runs through the first 19 games. The next closest team to that is going to be the Brewers giving up 60 runs. So we have a plus 83 run differential in that amazing stat. I just wanted to throw that out to you guys. And like I said, they're uh, hosting the White Sox this weekend. If you look at what the Rays have done, um, they're in first place, obviously, with that record. But they need some breathing room. I mean, they're only four games ahead of the Yankees, four and a half ahead of Baltimore, five ahead of Toronto. I mean, it's so tight. And it seems as though, you know, we're winning three out of four, four out of five games, and we can still only have a four-game lead. So I think that, you know, we're going to have to uh, build some type of cushion to obviously ride out the ebbs and flows of the season. When you have a pitching staff that is getting nicked up the way that we have so far, like I mentioned, you only have McClanahan and Rasmussen, who are the, the left 
over from the starting rotation that we had uh, going into the year. You know, you have um, Glass now who hasn't come back yet. Now you have Springs who's going to have Tommy John surgery. He's out for the year. Eflin is still out. So, you know, McClanahan, Rasmussen, Taj Bradley, he's doing good. He's going to be a keeper. Hopefully he gets, uh, they keep him up here, let him get some experience and uh, now AAA, going back to AAA isn't going to really help him right now. He needs the Major League Baseball experience, so be able to go out there and make some mistakes but grow as a pitcher because we're going to probably end up needing his services throughout the year. Uh, Taylor Walls, homer twice, drove in four runs as we beat the Reds 10-0 on Tuesday night. Diaz homered uh, off of Levi Stout. Uh, and we beat the Rays 8-0 on a Wednesday. So we're really playing well right now. I think that if you look at this team as a whole and say to yourself, well, what do we attribute it to? I think the only thing you can really say is that everyone is contributing all at once. You don't have just one person trying to um, you know, carry the team. And so many times last year, you have McClanahan pitching a game and there's no run production for him. Now we're getting seven, eight runs a game in some situations. And you now it seems that we're out there every night. Doesn't matter if we're up by a couple, down by a couple. You know we're going to go out there and, um, you know, get some runs. Like the scoreboard up. Yandy Diaz already has six home runs this year. A Rosarina batting, you know, 333 on base percentage of 388, slugging percentage of 542. Um, 18 RBIs he has so far this year. So he's out there and the whole team. I mean, you can go up and down the lineup and you see people on this team contributing, whether it's no Brandon Lowell, who's probably nearing his numbers that he had last year already after no 19 games. So, no, he's out there. You have, um, Josh Lowe, Yandy Diaz, like I mentioned. Then you throw in some names like um, Paredes, uh, Wander Franco. Now, Franco has four home runs already. Um, Brandon Lowe has five home runs. Josh Lowe has four. Uh, Lowe has uh, 13 RBIs. It's just a crazy up and down the lineup. And if you uh, look at this team, Taylor Walls, like I mentioned, coming on strong now. Um, Mejia out there playing. So you have people on this lineup that can really, any one of them in any situation can go ahead and, and beat you. Whether it's a Rona's 24 hits so far, Franco's 22 hits, um, Ramirez, 17, Lau, 14. It just goes up and down the, the lineup. And then if you, you know, swing down to the to the pitching, if you look at what's going on, you know, with pitching, it's we're putting pitchers out there in situations where it doesn't matter who the pitcher is going to be that night, whether it's the aforementioned Bradley that's out there. Um, it, 
when you're scoring seven, eight runs a game, you can go out there with McClanahan and rest assured you're going to probably get a victory. He's 4-0. and Rasmussen, 3-1. and Springs was 2-0 and before he got hurt. Eflin was 2-0 and before he got hurt. Bradley's already 2-0. and So, you know, you're throwing out there, you got Kevin Kelly out there. You have uh, Foucher, who started, I think, um, last night against Chicago. And then you have the... Um, the, the bullpen that we bring in, you know, whether it's Clevenger or Yanni Chirinos or Adam or Thompson, Poultry, Fairbanks, all of them up and down the lineup, they're all contributing. They're all buying into the system. They all know that their number can be called on any day, no matter what's going on. So obviously they're prepared and they know that for them to go out there and uh, they need to be ready whether you're warming up in the bullpen, whether you're on the bench looking to pinch hit. So um, I think it's going to be a, obviously any season is going to have its ebbs and flows, ups and downs, and you're going to have times where you won't be able to score a run for you know two or three days, and that's going to happen. But for the most part, what we've seen so far, we have to love the way that the Rays have been performing this year. You have to love the attendance at the, Tropicana Field, you know, 16,000, 17,000 fans going there. I'm sure this weekend there's a pickleball paddle giveaway. There are some tickets that were sold. That's sold out last time I checked. So uh, they're doing things the right way. We're going to talk about the stadium issues, obviously, at another time. I want to try to just ride this wave for the Rays because what they're doing right now is um, you know, their best start ever, I believe, and they have to find a way to keep it going. Talking about keep it going, did you hear about Tom Brady this week? <laughs> I don't know if it was his show or some show he was on and they asked him the question about, you know, are you uh, you know, what are you doing now? Are you you know, definitely retired. He would not answer the question saying that he was definitely retired and that he wasn't gonna come back. So uh, he did mention though, guess what team he mentioned? Yep, Miami. He says he's got you know, some friends down there and he's hoping he's always uh, rooting for his friends in Miami and Miami this and Miami that. And, you know, do you think that after retiring pretty much twice now, saying he's not coming back, he's got that job offer in the, uh, I guess it's Fox for a broadcasting position. Do you think that this guy would ever come back and play again? <laughs> you know, I don't put anything past him. Uh, I, I hope he doesn't because he is past his prime. We saw when he was playing down here, he has zero mobility. And unless you just build a wall around him and let him just find a receiver after a few seconds, um, he, he really can't. He's always one play away from, um, unfortunately, uh, limping off the field or something. So I, I really don't think that he will come back. I don't think he should come back. Um, but, you know, you never know with him. Uh, whatever he says doesn't really seem to uh, much matter. I think that he would be uh, a plethora of knowledge for a young quarterback. Funny how Tua down there says he was contemplating retiring 
in the off season, and then this comes out about Brady um, not really committing to staying retired. Now I'm not saying Brady's coming back. I'm just saying that I found it strange hearing what I heard in that um, presser, the way he was um, answering some questions and not really being. Um, committed to not coming back. That's just that's just the way he operates, though. So I'm not going to look too much into it. But I just thought it was worth noting as we're talking about uh, some different uh, things here in the Tampa Bay sports market. Anyway, we're going to be right back. We're going to talk some NBA playoffs. Email me jimmybsports.com. Let me know what you think of the NBA playoffs so far, as well as the NHL playoffs. Great time of year when you have two major sports in the playoffs. We'll be right back in a minute. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines. Plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. 800-331-3981. That's 800-331-3981. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, NBA fans. Mentioned earlier, what a great time of year. Baseball is fully underway. We have the NBA and the NHL playoffs taking place. In the NBA right now, they've played about three games in some situations, some of them two, but going into the weekend here, you have the Milwaukee Bucks tied with the Miami Heat. Now, the Heat's an eight seed, uh, but they were able to steal the first game, 130 to 117 in Milwaukee. If you remember, Giannis got hurt with that um, back contusion, which kept them out of games one and two. However, the Bucks found a way to win in the second game, putting up 138 points to the Heat 122. Not a lot of defense there, huh? Anyway, uh, game three is tonight. It goes back to Miami now for games three and four tonight and as well as Monday night. So keep your eye on that one. Jimmy Buckets there with Miami may have something to say in that series. Uh, The second seeded team in the East, the Celtics, they had no problems taking the first two games at home against Atlanta, who's the seventh seed. Um, 112 to 99 was the first one. Then 119 to 106. Uh, Funny to hear the uh, Boston fans trolling uh, Trey Young with overrated chant in Boston. I thought that was that was funny to hear. Anyway, the that series shifts to Atlanta. They're playing um, Sunday for Game Four. Game Three is Friday night. So we'll see what happens in that series. I look for Boston to win that series. I do look for the Bucks to win the series. Uh, I think Giannis will come back. Probably not for game three, but if he has to come back in a must win, I think he'll come back and play. You also had the 76ers and the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Philly's the three seed in the East. Um, They actually won the first two games in Philly, and then they beat Brooklyn in Brooklyn. So it's three games to none as they try to close out that series uh, later on today at 1 o'clock. That's going to be in Brooklyn as well. So it's do or die for Brooklyn. What a uh, terrible season. Um, 
that they had, especially starting off with all the hype, the pomp and circumstance with the big three that they had. But anyway, that's all water under the bridge. I look for the Sixers to either close them out today or Monday back in Philly. Uh, you know, you look at some of the things going on in the series. You look at Embiid, uh, some of the flagrant fouls, uh, Harden got tossed from the game. That The referees need to do a better job uh, maintaining some type of semblance of order in these games, if you ask me. You look at Draymond Green with uh, Golden State, who was tossed from a game and suspended a game for stepping on a player's chest there. He stomped on Zabonis's chest. I don't know what these people are thinking. I really don't understand it. But um, anyway, that series is going on. I look for Philly to win that one. You have the Knicks and Cleveland. That series is tied one-to-one. If you remember last week, I said this is going to be one of the better series, I think, of the um, of the first round. The Knicks won the first one, 101-97. to And then Cleveland came back. 107 to 90. So there's two games this weekend in New York. We'll see what happens with that series. I think that the Knicks have a good chance of winning that series. And uh, it should be interesting. In the West, Denver uh, commanding 2 nothing lead against Minnesota. I think they're going to um, probably win that series in five games. You uh, look at the Lakers. The Lakers are playing Memphis. The Lakers are a seven seed. They were able to split. They took the first game out there in Memphis, and now they're back in L.A. for two games. Game three is tonight at 10 o'clock, and then Monday night at 10 o'clock at well. We'll see if um, we'll see what uh, LeBron does out there. And uh, they had a chance. They had a chance to win game two as well, but they really got uh, cold shooting some uh, threes out there. We'll see. And, of course, Morant was out for game two, so his presence is definitely missed by the Grizzlies. You have Sacramento at Golden State. Golden State was able to win a game on Thursday night to make that series 2-1. to one. Sacramento took the first two at home. Um, good games, really good games. The Sacramento fans really got behind uh, the, the team. We mentioned Draymond Green. Even though he missed game three, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson were out there. was enough for them to give him the W. So we'll see what happens. They're going to play Sunday um, at 3.30 in game four. Phoenix and the Clippers. Uh, Leonard missed game three, and the Clippers lose to the Suns. So uh, I don't know what's going on with um, Leonard, but... You know, I, I think that without him, they're not going to be able to beat Phoenix. Phoenix right now is up two games to one. They'll be playing game four at 3.30 today. And I think they should probably go up. And I think that Phoenix will win that series with Durant and, and company and Booker. And then you have... Um, uh, that's actually all the games. That's that's all of them right now. There's four games in the East, four games in the West. So next week we'll be able to narrow it down, talk more about round two and who we like. Shoot me an email. Let me know what the Lightning need to do this weekend to take a lead. It would be nice to take two down here, go up in the series three games to one. Would you be happy with the split? Would you be happy going back to Toronto? Game five, tied at two, especially if Hedman 
and Cernak aren't able to play. Let me know. Guys, that's all the time we have. Definitely appreciate spending the uh, time with you breaking down the sports market both here in Tampa and across the country. Email me. Go to GDBSports.com. Let me know what you think on any of the topics, and we'll talk to you next week. As always, stay positive, stay safe, and stay vigilant. Talk to you next week in the gymnasium.